Good morning. Welcome to Valley Lights Church. I'm glad to see you all here. Merry Christmas. I got my Christmas shirt on. It's December. I wait all year to wear this. All right. So, you know, I'm glad that you're here. Uh, this Roland that you just saw, this, we're starting a new series today, a new series of messages for the Christmas season. The series is called um, His Name Shall Be Called. And that video that you just saw had a bunch of titles for Jesus names that he's been given in scripture. And uh, so we're going to look at some of those titles. If you could pick a title for yourself that people would call you, what would you pick? I mean, doctor would be a good one, right? You know, if you could get, sometimes you get the, anybody think about getting the degree just so people would call you doctor? <laughs> um, you know, or if you're a boss, you could just have people call you, you know, like, no, just call me boss man. That's, that's my title. Or, you know, you could maybe have your name, your title be based on different degrees. So the, I have a degree, uh, I have a master's, I have a master's of divinity. So you could just call me that, right? Master of divinity. <laughs> master. No, please don't do that. You know, your royal highness, there's a title. No, chief officer. So my kids, they call me something. So I would, when it was time to get control of the chaos in the house, I'd tell all my kids, <laughs> All right, everyone, there's four of them. Everyone report for duty. And I want them all to come stand in front of me. And so now what they all do is they all run up and they all say, reporting for duty, daddy, sir. <laughs> Which honestly, I don't hate. <laughs> daddy, sir. So that my title, I think my best title at the moment is daddy, sir. And so we'll go with that. Jesus had a bunch of titles and um, they're not any of those ones. <laughs> Actually, he is the master of divinity. If there, if there was one, it would be him. But did you know that 700 years before Jesus came, one of God's prophets, a man named Isaiah, delivered a message of an announcement about the coming Savior, getting everyone ready. And he and Isaiah, this was a long, long time before Jesus was born, he gave him four titles. Uh, each title is a pair of words packed full of meaning and hope. And it comes from this verse, Isaiah 9, verse 6. It says, for, for to us a child is born, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You might have heard these titles before. There's a song that has these titles. Um, and so what we're going to do in the, the next four weeks is we're going to look at one of each of those four titles and what it meant to the people when they first heard it and what it means to us now. And so today we're going to look at this idea of Jesus being the, the Wonderful Counselor. Does the name Wonderful Counselor, does that grab you? Does that sound like an exciting thing? I don't know, I don't know if you've ever been to a counselor or feel like you need one now. <laughs> I don't know what comes to your mind when you think of counselor. I mean, as a kid, maybe you had a camp counselor. That's a, that's a very different kind. <laughs> Maybe you needed at some point an admissions counselor to figure out what you were to do in high school or in college. I mean, we probably all need marriage counselors, those of us that are married. And, or there's mental health counselors, there's all kinds of counselors. And there have been times in my life where I have really needed counsel. Um, some, some of those I've mentioned, but also just really, I've needed help and guidance. Um, certainly, as I mentioned, marriage is is a time, there's been times, that's one category of my life where times I've hit a wall. And man, I just, I, there's just a lot of struggle there. 
parenting, I've needed a lot of advice and guidance too. Like, I don't know what to do with these kids or how to handle this situation that they're doing. Or during COVID, that was a time that I needed a lot of counsel. Wisdom, how do, how do I handle all of the, the things with the government and leading a church and starting a church and knowing how to interact and all the decisions about what, how to, man, that, I needed a lot of help during that time. And then right now, starting a church, church planting, this is a new experience for us. And so throughout my life, I just keep running into times when I need guidance. In it, my life changes or things about it change or I go through new stages and I need guidance. You probably have felt that too. You go into a new environment and you need, you need some, you, you, know, you know you don't have it all figured out. There was a time when I was getting my Masters of Divinity and part of my program involved a monthly coaching report with some mentors. And so every month I'd have a, a one-on-one meeting and I'd need to come with some questions uh, there, there was a few questions I had to ask, but one of them was I needed to ask a question about my life that I needed some input on. And so every month I'm like, okay, I got to think, like, what do I need? What am I struggling with? What do I need help with? And at first it was kind of hard to think of a question. Like, I'm like, I have a one-on-one. What am I going to ask? Like, I don't know. I don't know what I need help with. And then I would think about asking, like, well, my kid threw a fit in the grocery store. I guess I'll ask for help about that. And I get some input. I'm like, man, that was actually really helpful to get some advice from a parent that's like 20 years older than me. And then each month I'd ask a question because I'd, I'd forced to. I'd ask a question. And then every time I'm like, man, that was really helpful for me to get some input. And then I realized, man, I need lots of guidance. I need lots of help. And the more help that I, and input that I get, the better. So this title, The Wonderful Counselor, it, it does speak to a need that we all have at points in life. We need guidance. So getting counsel from the maker of the universe, the one who designed you and designed how life works, that's an option that's available to us, which is pretty incredible. But the ability to relate to God so directly has not always been the case. That hasn't always been the case for humans. Before Jesus Christ, in the Old Testament, There was a separation between God and his people because of sin. And when people would sin, they would make animal sacrifices to atone for their sins so they could get back together in in right standing with God. And even when they atoned for their sin, there were priests that were standing in between the people and, and between God. So the fact that we can go directly to God or go directly through the Bible for guidance on the biggest issues that we face in life. This is a pretty amazing thing that we have. But back then, during that time, during Isaiah's time, this prophet, when he wrote, the way God would speak to people was through, through prophets. And prophets weren't the most popular people. They typically had short lifespans because what they said from God didn't usually go over all that great and they'd get killed. They would speak the truth. Isaiah was one of those guys. He would call out some of the sinful practices that people were doing because God commanded him to do that. And he would tell people, turn back to God. Get right with God. Stop living this way. There was another, besides the calling out the sin aspect, there was another major objective that prophets had, and it was to announce the coming of the Messiah. And this was, this was, this was a part of prophecy that Perhaps people really liked <laughs> the people that they wanted. It's the news about this one 
person that was going to be coming who would take all the wrongs in the world and make them all right. And that's what everyone wanted to hear. So Isaiah, in, partly in this passage, in chapter 9, he helps get people ready for Jesus, even though nobody knew at this time what his name was going to be. They didn't know Jesus was going to be the name. They did know some of the titles and some of the things that he would be like. So wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. So this was really great news for the people listening to Isaiah that, that this, this person is coming. They didn't know it was going to take 700 years before he came, though. So they just, they got excited. Wonderful counselor. Man, they really needed, the people of Israel this time really needed guidance and counsel. This was really a, a, probably some anticipation that brought a lot of hope and encouragement to them. Because at this time in the history of Israel, there was a lot of confusion. A lot of confusion during Isaiah's time as a prophet. There was um, war, fear, and evil were running rampant. A lot of confusion. And part of the reason there, that was the case is that there was a bad king in power. King Ahaz was one of the kings while Isaiah was the prophet. And here's what, here's what it says about him. Ahaz was 20 years old when he became king, and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. He did not do what was right in the sight of the Lord his God, like his ancestor David, but walked in the ways of the kings of Israel. He even sacrificed his son in the fire in imitating the detestable practices of the nations the Lord had dispossessed before the Israelites. So put yourself in the shoes of the people of Israel at this time, and their leader had just sacrificed his own son to false gods, probably by burning. Killed his, killed his own son. And you might expect something like this from a pagan king. But this, this was a king from among God's chosen people. So you've got idolatry, child sacrifice, and countless other sins that were just really normal practices. And so, and besides all of that going wrong, there was the threat of war that their nation was going to be overtaken at this time. So a lot of stress about what was happening, and then like just fear all around for the people of Israel. There's really no hope that their leader was going to do what was right because he apparently didn't have any concern about what God would say. So these were confusing times. Imagine living in confusing, just distressing, bad times like this. The chaos in the tribe of Judah brings up a question that we can maybe answer for ourselves as well. You can ask yourself, what, what, so what confusion or uncertainty am I dealing with right now? What are the things that are either chaotic or distressing don't really see an answer to these solutions. There's even some space in your handout that you can even note down any areas of confusion or areas where you might need guidance. Maybe that, maybe you feel disheartened by the evil in the world right now and you feel unsettled by it. Or maybe you're seeing things in our culture and, you're, and you feel disheartened by that. Or maybe you've got your own emotional chaos. Maybe you've got anger at somebody who's done wrong to you or sadness about losing a loved one. Maybe your body is failing and your body is letting you down. You can't do the things that you used to do. Or maybe you're dealing with some real financial struggles and it's Christmas time where money just seems to run out at a rate way faster than it comes in. Or maybe you're struggling spiritually. Maybe you wanna draw close to God, you're not totally sure how to do that or you see God's ways 
but the opposite way seems like that's what's going to give happiness. There really are some parallels between the tribe of Judah way back then and what they were going through and what we're facing. And really the solution that they, that they came up with was to go to dark spiritual sources. All the trouble, all the stress and uncertainty, and they didn't go to God. They went to, well, actually, look, look at what it says. As they 8 9, it says, And when they say to you, inquire of the mediums and the necromancers who chirp and mutter. This is basically a reference to how they would inquire of the dead through mediums and necromancers. There was, so, so you've got idolatry, child sacrifice, and the fear of war. And so what they do is they go to these spiritist people and generally what would probably happen is that the mediums would just tell people what they want to hear because you're, you pay them and they want you to come back. And there's this dependency that happens where people get dependent, not on God, but on these people that will give them insight into this dark spiritual things, which really leads to destruction. Not a lot has changed. In our time, people still turn to occult sources for guidance, such as fortune tellers, palm readers, Ouija boards, or channeling dark Channeling dark guidance is a big theme in movies these days, it seems. So there, there's people move in that direction. But there's other, there's other ways that we try to get counsel apart from God. And I would guess probably the biggest counselor that people turn to in our day is Google. My, <laughs> my guess is that Google, maybe YouTube, may, maybe, maybe not the best, but maybe the first source of guidance that people turn to. Um, Searching for information on the internet is not bad, uh, but people do tend to just go online and say like, how do I da 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 and fill in the blank and find, see what the internet spits back at you. So, so here's, some, here's some trending Google searches from this year. So one, one I looked it up. So like this was, this was a big one, obviously, this year, how do I vote? Um, people wanted to know that. They don't know how to do that. They need guidance on that. Okay. People ask, how do I know if I'm having a panic attack? Huh. That was, that was, that was, thank you. That was pretty high up there, the number of times that that question was searched. Um, another one, how do I prepare for fatherhood? That's a big question. Google, what's the answer? <laughs> okay. Am I ready for a baby was a top question. Um, how soon is too soon to propose? If you're asking that question, you've already missed it. It's too late. You just pull the trigger. Okay, what should I talk about with my girlfriend? Uh, I'm sure you get all kinds of great advice. How, how to be a good mother. That's, yeah, the one, how do I find diamonds in Minecraft? I actually, there were, more que there were more top questions about Minecraft that I didn't include because I didn't want to put more Minecraft, but that apparently is a very important question that people want to know the answer to. So, all right, so these, these are, these are so, uh, lots, 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 thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of people are asking questions like these to the mighty Google counselor. I would love to introduce these people to the wonderful counselor. Some of these questions are life-altering decisions. So, these are, or some of these are life-dominating problems. These and many other questions, these are not small matters. These are, these are big real life issues. Maybe some of the confusion and uncertainty in your life right now involves some of those life altering, life dominating challenges. 
when people need guidance, when people need advice to sort through decisions, of course, people turn to all kinds of sources. The occult things, to Google, people poll for questions on Facebook and see what answers trend, and, or maybe people ask their family members or their friends, even though maybe, like, I know they don't have the best judgment or their moral compass is kind of tweaked. Yeah, I'll ask them for advice anyway. There's all kinds of sources. The occult stuff that we looked at in Isaiah, the channeling and witchcraft mediums, those were all forbidden by God. God's people couldn't do that stuff. But that's what their culture was into. And it turned them further away from God. They were seeking help, but they were turning to all the wrong sources. And Isaiah called them back to God. And he said this in the next part of that verse. He says, Should not a people inquire of their God? Should they inquire of the dead on behalf of the living? Should, should you go to any other source other than God? Isaiah was saying that we need trusted counsel to rely on. We really need counsel, some good advice. We need good advice and guidance to rely on. There's a fill in the blank there. Counsel to rely on. So if you think about the excitement that would have come if you were in the tribe of Judah during this time and you heard that the child that was going to be born was going to be a wonderful counselor. Also a mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. The, pe- the, the people of Judah were starving for help with all the trouble they were facing. And here's the promise of God's gift. He's, there's these incredible titles, these really lofty ideas about who he was going to be. And, you know, of course, we're on the other side. We're, we're well past when Jesus has come. And we know that Jesus came and he lived a perfect life. He died on the cross to sacrifice himself for our sins. And now we can have a relationship with God through Jesus. We can walk with the Wonderful Counselor. So what is in that name, Wonderful Counselor? What, it, what, what makes that up? Our, our use of the word wonderful is not particularly helpful when it comes to understanding what this phrase, this title means. Because you, know, might, you might say things like, man, we had a wonderful Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> and it probably was great. But your Thanksgiving meal was probably not miraculous. Like, you know, you ate some things that you can find a recipe for. Maybe it's the types of food that you've eaten before. It, it, might, it, it may have even been the best Thanksgiving meal that you've ever had, but it wasn't like a miracle. So when Isaiah wrote this phrase, the word wonderful comes from the Hebrew word pele. Pele actually can be translated as miracle or miraculous. There's, there's a marveling to this kind of counsel. There's something, there's a, it's wonderful because you're like, what? like, it's a wonder. Like, I can't even believe this kind of counsel. So there's a miraculous aspect of this title. The New American Commentary gives a great definition. It says, wonderful counselor, here's what it says, it combines, we'll go, I'll I'll read it to you. Maybe I don't have it up there. Oh, sweet, thanks. It combines the idea of doing something wonderful, extraordinary, miraculous with the skill of giving wise advice, making plans and counsel. So, If you're facing a situation that has life-affecting, life-altering decisions or life-dominating problems, 
you need in, you need some you probably even need some miraculous insight from the wonderful counselor. So, so to give you an idea of like the miraculous nature of this, imagine you decided like I need some help, so you're going, I'm going to go see a therapist or a counselor, and you sit down, and this person knows everything about you. They they miraculously know all of they know your past hurts and your past struggles. They know your current pains and struggles. They, you don't even have to articulate. They just know it already. They know how you, how you personally are wired in your personality. They have the best judgment and knowledge about life and the big areas of life. And they take all of this wisdom about life and about their knowledge of you, and they give you advice to deal with your situation. They show you the way to move forward. Wouldn't that be amazing if you could talk to somebody like that? Word would travel quickly about this type of counselor. People would travel from other places to get that kind of advice. If there was a copay, it doesn't matter. I'll pay, I'll pay out of pocket, even my, if my insurance doesn't cover it, for that kind of advice. Of course, Christ followers have access to that kind of counselor. Not only does Jesus know all about us, he knows, he knows us perfectly, but he has perfect love as well and desire to help us. When we, take, when we take his advice, life goes miraculously better. So if you go to a good therapist or a good counselor, they may give you some helpful tools and tips and like, oh, like, oh that was helpful. But when we do life God's way, it's, it's mind-blowing how much better life goes. There's, there's like a, you know, with Jesus, the health in relationships that you can experience feels like a miracle. Like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe the way my life has changed because of what God has said. Or, or the way that we raise our kids. There, it can be miraculously different between what is common in kids and what Jesus produces in kids. Or there might be miraculous provision for what we need or emotional stability, whatever it is. There's, there's such an amazing, just full of wonder experience that comes from getting God's counsel on our life. Maybe the help that you need right now is more on the miraculous side of things. I want to show you a video clip of Jesus as the wonderful counselor in action. And so it's just a, it's a, it's a brief clip of a man who is paralyzed below the waist, and then Jesus heals him. And um, so just check this out. This is the way that Jesus provides the help that's needed. Nope, no video? Oh, sweet. I, I forgot to hook you up. Hmm, I wonder if we could get it. So I really want you to see this. Is Mitchell in here? No? Okay. Um, we might still capture this. Yeah, see if you get it. Ask him if you can help get a video out of the Google Drive. This is like, we're like talking backstage stuff right now. But <laughs> I really like this video clip, and I don't want to lose my chance to show it. So it's in the Google Drive folder. You guys just like throw something at me if you find it. Okay. Before we get to that point, <clears throat> um, actually look at your handout. And so this kind of gives like a little overview. This is going to have more punch when you see Jesus in action. But um, the wonderful counselor in action. So there's time we can read, especially in the book of John, which is a great story about Jesus interacting with people where they're at. There's just an examples of um, he comes and, and he addresses our ultimate spiritual beliefs and some of our big spiritual questions. We see that with the way that he talks to Nicodemus. We also see the way that he counsels us with our past, our past 
and our hurts and our insecurities. You see the care that he has for the woman at the well. He counsels us in our limitations, dealing with even providing help with physical healings. And then he helps us deal with our guilt and our shame. You can see that with the way that he, um, uh, with the adulterous woman. There's amazing grace and amazing firmness that he showed with the crowd that were trying, those trying to stone the woman caught in adultery. And he comes and he can help us even in our grief. And this is a time of year when it can be overcoming. It can, we can feel overcome with grief because of loss and feeling sad about things. And the way that Jesus cared for people and comforted those grieving in the, in the story of Lazarus is, is incredible. There's all these moments where Jesus comes and he just touches real life real situations where people are at. And I included those stories and some of the references that you could maybe go back and read them on your own later this week if you'd like to see more of The Wonderful Counselor in action. Did we get a thumbs up? Yes! Okay, perfect timing. Okay, let's see if we got this. We'll get a little volume too. powerful little scene in that and one of my, my that's from the uh, the movie series the, the Chosen and some of my favorite scenes from that show are when Jesus hugs people <laughs> and you see that guy who just was healed he had a life dominating problem that Jesus took care of and he just with tears in his eyes says thank you like how, what else could you possibly say you might not be physically paralyzed from the waist down like that man was but you may have a paralyzing problem or a paralyzing decision to make. And you need Jesus to help you walk in the right direction. You need his help for the first step. And it's incredible to see just the incredible care and compassion that Jesus extends to us. Stepping into our reality, getting into our messy lives with us. And he can pinpoint the exact solution that we need. He truly is a wonderful counselor. In Matthew 11, he says these amazing words as come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. 
Take up my yoke and learn from me, because I am lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We can find rest for our souls in the wonderful Counselor. And we get that rest as we learn to walk with Him. And if you don't know exactly how to walk with Jesus, and, or maybe there's aspects of it that you're not sure about, write it on your card. If you want to begin a relationship with Jesus for the first time, there's a spot for that in your connection card. You can let us know on it. We'd love to provide help for that. Let me show you another photo. What do, you, what do you see in this photo? Looks like probably a married couple, right? So there's a man, man hands and woman hands. Oh, and there's a, a, a ring. So it looks like, so it, it appears to me, this looks like a couple talking at a table. Uh, maybe it's morning time. There's some like nice morning rays on the table and some coffee and a nice candle and they're holding hands, probably looking directly at each other, having conversation. It looks, I mean, it looks, overall it looks like warm and peaceful, right? What'd you say, this photo? Okay, so marriage is an area where I have needed miraculous help. <laughs> I came into marriage at 21 with a bunch of default ways of relating, and all of my defaults were destructive. Where I started in marriage and where I am now it's, it seems like a miracle. Like God has provided so much help to do that. that very, it's a very important part of life. It's an important relationship in life. It's really important that we do it right and well. Otherwise, there's all kinds of trouble and stress and darkness in life. And I can't believe, I, sometimes I can't believe how far we've come in marriage. I've been married for 15 years. can't believe how far we've come. And I also can't believe how much work there is left to do. This relationship is a lifelong thing, and it's a long road. Learning how to do, so this, I, I'm giving this as an example of like a big aspect of life. This is one of those big things in life that is just a long road. It takes a long time to work this out. But marriage in particular is a treasure trove of delight and wholeness because it was designed by God. God designed this relationship, and he's designed how it needs to work, and Probably there's more people ramming marriage into the ground and ramming their relationships off a cliff than there are people doing it right because it's really, really hard. The advice of the world on how to handle marriage falls horribly short. My own instincts about how to handle marriage has, have fallen horribly short. I mention this because if you are married, you... This may be one of those life-dominating challenges that you need guidance in. And if you do keep turning to the world's sources about how to do it, like Israel was doing, it's going to lead to greater pain and confusion. It's going to be more trouble if we don't go directly to the counselor, to God and his word for this. So I mentioned that there may be other, there may be other big areas of your life that maybe are in a similar way. You're going to the wrong source. Christ followers walk with the wonderful counselor, and we do that in a few ways. One of the ways that we walk with Jesus is by learning from his people. Proverbs 12, 15 says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. When I was 21, there was all kinds of ways in my life that seemed right 
And boy, was I a fool. <laughs> There's so many things I was just so convinced I was right on. But a wise man listens to advice. God will provide wonderful counsel through people who have learned to see life from his angle. Here's a picture of a couple that have helped us with this. This is Harold and Deborah Bullock. These are, um, this man, this couple actually, they started a church in Texas called Hope Church. It is, um, it's four generations back of our church plant. So they planted a church in the 70s that planted a church that planted a church that our church got started from. And so he's, so he's kind of like, in a way, like a, a great-grandfather to me, and um, still, still in Texas. And I call him, I've called him throughout this journey. Um, he and his wife have helped us have advice on church stuff and also life stuff, like, you know, parenting and marriage and stuff like that. And my gratitude runs very deep for these two. And they've, he's saved me worlds of trouble and shown me worlds of blessing by understanding. He's got a much better idea about how God sees life because he really understands what Scripture says. And sometimes I just, my, my view on life doesn't match God's all that great sometimes, and, and he's really helped me with that. He and Deborah have both done that. And so beyond these two, Aaron and I have developed a running pack of others. We have other mentors and friends that we keep trying to get time with that help us to see life God's way. And so I'd, I'd encourage you, if you're in a situation where you're, we are facing challenges and you need guidance, is to ask for input. Get advice. It's really hard. It can be really humbling. And if you ever find yourself in the position of advice giver, maybe, maybe people have come to you and asked for your input on things. Maybe what you could do is you could pray and ask God to give you something meaningful from his word to share with them. That's really helpful. You know, we, usually if someone asks for advice, you're like, oh, I got all kinds of ideas on that topic. <laughs> and what would really be helpful is helping people see what God says about it so that they can not have dependence on you, but on God's word. And that by your input, you lead them to the words of the wonderful counselor. So if you ever are giving help to people dealing with problems, how could you grow in giving godly counsel from the wonderful counselor? Also, another way that we learn to walk with Jesus is by spending time with him each day in prayer and reading the Bible. Jesus gave us the example, and he set aside some time every day to get with his father. In Mark 135, it says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. He had this habit of spending time with God, getting his direction from God in the morning. We can follow Jesus' example and spend time with him, praying and reading the Bible. Another verse that kind of helps us understand the, the role of the Bible in our life is 2 Timothy 3.16. It says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So what we need to do is we need to read the Bible in a certain way. We need to read the Bible so that it teaches us, where we can like learn what is true about God and His ways. And Also, we need to be rebuked. We need to have our thinking corrected. Um, we need correction in our actions also as well. And we need training so that we're, God shows us the right way to live. All of these different things require getting specific with God. So 
Where right now do you need his counsel and his guidance? Where in life are you stuck and running into the same problems or tensions over and over again? I want to share another update with you about some, some help and provision that God has provided for, for us. So we're going to be moving to Rio Norte Junior High School January 15th. So that's about a month and a week from now. So that's coming up. Really exciting. And what we, what we have determined is that it seems like that location is going to be more strategic for us as a church to grow and more strategic for um, us to uh, reach more people, find more, ha- create an environment that more people that don't go to church are interested in coming to church. It's more, uh, there's a more strategic opportunity in that location than, than here. And so... So we made this decision to move, and I got advice from other pastors and just kind of talking to our members and talking to people around town. And so we made the decision to move. And so what that means, though, is we needed a trailer uh, because what it's going to take for us to be in, at the junior high school is to become portable. So we need to set up and tear down church every Sunday. So there's, there's some sacrifice that's coming your, your way if you want to help us out with that. But we needed a trailer, and we also needed... Uh, big storage cases to hold our, all of our stuff so that we can do that. And uh, so what happened this, this week, we, I was look, so we were looking around for a trailer, and one of the, Jerry was helping me look, and trailers cost, if you buy them used, somewhere around like $10,000. And if you get a new one, it's maybe like sixteen dollars to $18,000. And so I found, I was looking around asking for people if they had any ideas, and one, there, I found a, a church that's sort of a partner to us in um, Eastvale, and they, um, so they, this week they gave us a trailer that they had just uh, sitting around. It's amazing. So you can, actually, you can see the truck. Um, you can see that, that big white trailer there. And what I, what I realized, so this, so that was amazing. So I'm like, man, this, and it was, it was really easy. Like they were so excited to give it to us because they weren't using it. And sometimes there's resources and there's needs and you need to have someone make the connection. <laughs> and God did that for us, which is an amazing thing. And so I'm like, yeah, praise the Lord. Thank you for that. Yeah, so I was, I was really, when I was talking to those pastors, they were, like, when I say it, like it was easy, it was just, it, they were so cheerful, so helpful, so, it was such a smooth transaction. Me, like, Albert, let me borrow his truck. I went there, picked it up. And there was, um, I, I was just really grateful for God smoothing the path. But so I asked them, I was like, hey, do you have any rolling cases? This was a few weeks ago when we were getting it set up. and said, no. So I found another church in Anaheim that used to have a portable church plant that they no longer have. And so they had all these rolling cases. And so these, ro- these cases, if you go back, so these, these are kind of like the industry standard. These are from portable church industries. And each case is about $1,000. And so... Um, and usually what you get, you have them formatted with different like shelving and all that stuff for the different kind of equipment that you need. So I found another church that was going to sell us their old ones at half off, which is significant. So it was going to cost about $6,000 for these really great rolling cases. Um, so I'm like, man, this is ama- another provision. But when I got to the place, the church that has the trailer, they're like, oh, here, do you want all of our old rolling cases we just found in storage? <laughs> I was like, are you serious? Yeah, so all of these, so we got, we got 10 rolling cases for free. <laughs> so, and actually, there's, um, I was kind of thinking about buying more, 
play panels, which are those colorful dividers for setting up kids' classrooms. And so um, those, for some reason, are absurdly expensive. Those, again, a set of play, the set that we have, if you guys have ever helped us set those up in our previous locations, the set we have is, I don't know, probably another $10,000 worth of equipment. But this church, six of the cases are full of more play panels. So. <laughs> So I'm like, oh my gosh. So this one stop that I made, and um, I was showing Josh, who's the pastor of OCC, our sending church. I was like, look at this, because I had a meeting with him right after. Like, look at this trailer. It's like full of all of the equipment that we need. And um, he's like, how much did it cost? I was like, zero. It cost zero dollars. And um, so that's amazing. What, what, and so what we both agreed was God, you know, through a variety of counsel and advice and prayer, like, it seemed like God was leading us to a new location. And I do believe that where God um, guides, God provides. So I think God has been providing for us for that transition. And in these ways, just showing us, hey, I'll, I'll equip you with what's needed as you go. And so this, when, this experience this week was a big highlight for me. It really made me think of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. And there was, there's a way. So this, when I, when I first thought of your path being straight, I used to think of this verse as like, oh, there's like curvy paths with like turn, sharp turns. Really what this means is there are paths that are very bumpy and have a lot of potholes and obstacles and things you smash into. When he makes your path straight, he makes it very smooth. And that is is what it felt like to me this week, is like we had, we had these challenges to overcome and God just made it very, very smooth. And not all of life goes that way, but he does say when, when we don't lean on our own understanding of things, but we submit to his way, things really do smooth out. Think life does open up. So this Christmas season, the wonderful counselor is ready to guide us in the way forward. Will you trust? the wonderful, extraordinary, miraculous, wise counsel of the child that was born to save the world from their sins. I want to encourage you to look over that handout and that program this week. Maybe, maybe even right now you could star or circle something that maybe you want to spend more time on to focus on this week. Lean into Jesus this Christmas season. He loves you more than you can imagine. Let's pray together. God, we are so grateful. Jesus, we're so grateful for your role in our lives as a wonderful counselor. Um, likely, we've all got some life-altering decisions that we need your guidance and counsel on. Would you help us to engage with you during this exciting season in a meaningful way, to listen to your word? I pray, Lord, that you would help us by your Holy Spirit to keep your words in our heart. And God, would you put onto our hearts and our minds other people that need to hear about the hope that they can have in the son, in your son, Jesus. And Lord, would you give us encouragement to invite others to church this, this Christmas. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.